All right, welcome back to another week of the Sports Fountain. Uh, it's myself, Joe, Ant, Mike, and we've got a very special guest this time. We have CBS Radio and Sirius XM Sports Radio's own David Shepard was gracious enough to come join the pod. David, how you doing tonight, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Brendan. I, I appreciate it. I know it's, uh, I know it's um, late for us, and uh, it's good to be on with all y'all four. Ah, it's never too late. We're always talking sports around here. <laughs> so, I mean, the first thing we talked about, we were kind of discussing you popping on the pod, was um, you were kind of stoked about how the Sixers are going to look. I mean, it's some, new, some new pieces, pieces in different places. Um, so I just want to give me your take on – you're talking about you know, Joe Allen beats passion coming back and uh, Simmons playing the four, um, and then the ultimate X factor in Shake Milton. So I just give me your thoughts on uh, how those guys can change things up. Yeah, I mean, so basically you have a guy in Al Horford. First of all, we, we talked about this last time. Shake has the best name in the NBA right now. Um, you talk about a guy that plays fearless. That's what you're going to get. One of the big stories we know is Ben Simmons now making that transition to the four. And so what that means is he's going to be taking shots that he is more accustomed to and that he's certainly more comfortable taking. And B looks like he's a man on a mission. You, you see he's playing for that city right now. He's playing for his teammates. He's playing for that organization. And you got to thank old Al, big Al, whatever you want to call him. He is going to be ready come playoff time. The only question mark, and I know this has been a big talking point in Philadelphia, is Brett Brown, that guy. I think Embiid is. I think Horford is. I think Simmons is. We haven't talked about the defense that Simmons does. He might be the best defensive guard we have in today's game, too. And remember, guys, this is really important. When you get to the playoffs, as we know, the game slows down. So you're not going to rely so much on the three ball. And that favors Philadelphia going into this postseason. Yeah, I like that point about the three. I was reading an article just in my regular show prep, and um... – they were talking about how the three ball is going to be less important even in this playoffs and other playoffs simply because a lot of these guys have taken time off from their shot. They're, t they're away from the home rim isn't going to be a thing. So they're not going to be relying as much on the jumper because it takes so much time to fine tune, which plays into the Sixers' hands because they never really had one to begin with. Right. So they've been living this way <laughs> a lot longer than the rest of these teams have. Right. Right. Um, I mean, I'm curious. I'm just curious. I mean, what, what do you guys – uh, you guys are all no, no, Brad. I know you're a Philly guy. What are, what are the rest of you guys? New York, uh, yeah, New York. Okay. okay. Um, I don't. I never grew up with a favorite team. I just grew up watching basketball. So I don't have like a loyalty to like the Knicks or the Nets. I'm just. I just grew up watching basketball. Who? Wait, 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 Anthony. Who's your team? I don't have a team. <laughs> <laughs> we we flame up about this a lot. Yeah. Know? Because when I was growing up, the Nets were in Jersey. I wasn't going to root for a Jersey team, and the Knicks were horrible. So I rooted I for the Knicks, and they were horrible. Well, <laughs> well, that wasn't that wasn't good enough for me. So I just grew up watching like primetime games, which is why like like LeBron, um, Durant, yeah. and Westbrook in their younger days, like like that's what I grew up on. That's when you like, probably, I first you started probably watching. did not expect this conversation to go this way. But Anthony, when you have a no. kid one day, when you have a kid one day and they're not the fastest person in their class, you're going to say, well, I don't root for them because they don't win? Maybe. <laughs> Just maybe. At least he stuck to his guns. There yeah. you go. Just, I agree. The Lamberties breed winners. Yeah. yeah. But as far as diehard fans, I mean, Mike's probably our most diehard Nets guy. Yeah. Um, I'm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just big Nets, and right now it's not even the Nets team that any of us know. So, yeah, I, I don't really know what to say about the Nets as of right now. So, yeah. 
Yeah, we'll, well get into the Knicks later. Sure, sure. Well, I'll I tell, tell you what, Mike. What's interesting is, let me ask you this. Is Jamal Crawford going to be there for 2021? I, I, I don't know. Like, I think he all depends on the 99% no. But who knows? Maybe just have a vet on the roster just to keep him there if he's going to be cheap. But – I don't. I don't even know what the roster is going to look like next year. Like in all seriousness, with like Dinwiddie, right. like those guys, because if they're truly going to do, or if it truly is about like trying to get like that number, two, that like true to like getting like a Bradley Beal, like that's going to be like a big give up. So the team also might get shaken up a whole nother time after the whole Kyrie came, like D'Lo left, like all those guys left. So I don't know. Right. It'll be it'll be interesting to see though. I'm excited. Yeah, it's been a while. I, I can't. I can't imagine Bradley Beal in a Nets uniform with Kyrie Durant. I mean, obviously, I don't think Dinwiddie, Levert. I don't know if those two will be there. If that's the case, yeah, you're no, probably. About, yeah, they won't. Probably not. Right, but you're talking they about not at all. that star power, man. That's the. But here's the question, guys, and I, I know this wasn't kind of on the rundown, so I apologize for going on a tangent here. But here's here, here's the big question to me right now in the NBA, and you're looking obviously to the 2021 season. Do the Warriors? have a chance to return to form. And what happens with KD? Who's KD going to be when he comes back? Uh, I, th- I think the Warriors have a great shot of yeah. kind of returning to that, to that form. Yeah. My, my with, own... it, it just all the, you could, I mean, I think from the first couple of weeks of the season, we'll be able to tell next year right. how Curry and Thompson are. And right. also a lot of it depends on how this COVID things goes because that Warriors arena gets loud. Like those, like yeah. the, the loyal, loyal That's... fans are loud. Yeah, sure. So like that place, that place becomes kind of a fortress when those guys are hot, and that's going to be insane. And then with Durant, I think Durant's going to go right back to the way he was. I mean, yeah, I think so too. Wait, wait, wait. I, with, with an Achilles, fourteen years in the league. Yeah, but it, with the way he plays, so, and he can kind of stand up, and he doesn't have. He's not. He's not an yeah. athletic player. Like those guys yeah, like, that have been hurt with Achilles' injuries, like D-Row he's not a guy. Like he's that. not a. He's not a guy that relies on his athletic ability to score. Like he can, like if he wanted to, how, just, how, how does he score? Because does he stand just, in the corner shooting threes? No, because he's so tall, he's so long. He can literally just shoot over anybody at any time. He can get two dribbles and just get twenty-five a game if he wanted to easily. But 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 he but he in order to take those two dribbles, he's got to be have spurts. He's got to get acceleration. He has to be able to plant. He has to be able to rise. We're talking about a guy that. Again, extension-wise, we're talking maybe 10, 10 and a half feet when he shoots the ball. You're not going to get the same jump. You're not going to get the same lift if you don't have that athleticism. You could be 6'10", but if, but if your feet go off the ground two inches, it don't matter how tall you are. I think, I think that's going to be a question like but, midway through the season because he's going to be rusty at the start yep. of the season. So we're going to see like how fatigue matters come middle of the season. And for the Warriors part of it um, – one, two question marks. A, what do they do in the draft? And B, what does Andrew Wiggins look like when Curry and Thompson are going to be taking most of the shots? Yeah. Like, I, like that's, that's a big question mark. And as the draft goes, like, maybe they use it as trade bait and they get another big piece. Like, I don't, that's I don't what know. I was thinking. That's what's, yeah. that's what's going to happen. I agree. Because you guys know Steph, Clay, Draymond, they're not looking to rebuild. They're not, no, looking to take not. A, they're not looking to take a flyer on an Anthony Bennett type of player. Yeah. They're looking to – Steph's, Steph's going to be 12 years in the NBA. He's going to be 32 years old. They also locked everybody up long term. So right. they're, they're not you're – paying, you're paying Curry Thompson like almost like 70 million combined, I think, yeah. maybe even more. So, like, you're not, you're not paying that money to rebuild. 
Yeah, like right now, I think they have two first round picks for next year. They have the Timberwolves pick from the D'Lo trade. Okay. Um, those will not both be in possession of the Warriors by the time next year comes around. Obviously, I agree. they're going to be gone for something. Like I think they could be another team in contention for Bradley Beal if they can make the money work out. Um, yeah. But I don't know if Bradley Beal is going to leave. There's no I, indication, but that's another contender for him if they can make I, it work. The whole thing with the Warriors, I think, if they're going to trade, if they're going to use like stuff for trade bait, it's got to be for a big man. Like it's got to be a big man, not for a guy like Bradley Beal. That's just my opinion. Yeah. But. I guess if you get another scorer, I mean, he's not as good as Durant, but if you get another scorer in there, like we saw how it worked last time. That's true. So we'll see. Yeah. Staying out west, there's another team that is contending right now, or we're supposed to contend, um, but they're losing an awful lot of guys to bubble-related issues, um, one of them being Lou Will. Um <laughs> As somebody who I perceive as like a basketball purist in yourself, Dave, from the conversations we've had, how are you taking um, Lou Will ducking out of the bubble to um, pop into the um, the gentleman's club? We'll say. I think I think it's a bizarre situation. I think it's coming from a guy who's done everything right his whole career. Um, he's never been someone the teammates bad mouth. He's never been someone that throws coaches under the bus. He's never been someone that complains. You know to the media, in the locker room about not getting enough playing time, about coming off the bench. He's a three-time sixth man of the year for a reason. They should call it the Lou Williams Award. With all that being said, he decides to put the league, put his team in jeopardy by going to a strip club in the middle of a pandemic, something that is unprecedented, something that we have never seen before. Um, look, people want to justify and say you deal with, you know, personal matters and, you know, grieving in different ways. People want to justify it and say, well, those are really good wings. Um, <laughs> Come on now, like, come on. I mean, the NBA has done paid billions and billions of dollars to protect their biggest assets, which are their players, which are their superstars. Lou Williams is a star in this league. What are you doing? Every game matters. Every game matters. You are a game and a half up against the Nuggets. Now, again, you're not playing for home court advantage. I get that. But you are playing for seeding. And more than likely, and I love Chris Paul, but it looks like the Thunder might fall back to that seven seed. I think the Mavs are going to, you know, uh, jump them. And I think, I think the Rockets might be a game or a half a game behind them. I think they're ultimately going to eclipse them too. But you need to be that two seed. If you, if you become that three and that four seed, you're, you're playing against tougher competition that first round. And you never know what can happen in the first round. We saw it with the, you know, with the, uh, the Warriors versus the Mavs in 2007. Um, we saw it with the Grizzlies and the Spurs. So you want to get the easiest matchup possible. And, and again, if you're the three, excuse me, if you're the four, the five, you're getting the Lakers in the second round. So just, a, I, I don't get it. I mean, I'm not going to badmouth Lou because he's awesome and he's been such an ambassador for this league, but terrible judgment. Yeah, that's, that's how I would, you know, judge it too. And I mean, a lot of people are defending it. Even teammates of his are defending it. Montrez Howell um, was one of them that was very vocal about it. Um, but as somebody who gets like really close to the league and studies it like yourself, um, do you think, you know, these guys coming out and defending Lou, are they, is this just being a good teammate in the public eye and they're quietly, you know, kind of heated behind closed doors or is he truly that beloved where this might just bounce off of him? He is beloved. Um, but Doc Rivers, here's the thing. He's not playing for a young guy. You know, he's not playing for a sabermetrics guy. He's playing for Doc Rivers and Doc Rivers has earned some stripes as head coach. And he's been a coach for 20 years. So you want to talk about purists, which was your, which was your question originally. Yeah. Um, Brent, I thought it was a good question. Doc Rivers, this is not going to sit well with. Not for one second. And 
Kawhi Leonard is all basketball. I mean, you guys are you guys fans of Marshawn Lynch? I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's his what's his what's his go-to quote? I'm just curious about that. <laughs> Say it. You talking about the take care of your chickens, the mental? <laughs> no, yeah, that's right. He's got too many. But what's like, yeah. what, what did he become before just that? Just about just about that action, boss. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And so if you're Kawhi, if you're Kawhi Leonard, he is literally all about that action. If he could not speak for the rest of his career and just let his talk be on the court, that's what we would very well get with Kawhi Leonard. This is not going to sit well with Kawhi. It may sit well with Montrez because they were in Houston together and those guys are boys. I get that. But remember, PG-13, he doesn't have the same relationship with Lou. You know, he's, he's obviously a first-year clipper. Kawhi Leonard, clearly a first-year clipper. Kawhi's looking to get a championship, man. He's all about that action. And more importantly, he's all about that rings. And this jeopardizes it. So they can come out and say whatever they want in the media. And Montrez, I think, is genuine at some point because there is a personal relationship. But you better bet your bottom dollar. I just referenced Annie, but that's okay. You better bet your bottom dollar that the Clippers, particularly Kawhi, PG-13, and Doc Rivers, in my opinion, are very upset and livid about the situation. And Lou Williams is going to get a talking to well, it's not quite as dramatic as what's going on out west, but there's a team out east that I really want your opinion on. Um, no one seems to be talking about Toronto. Um, this is a team that obviously won it all last year, lost in, in everyone's respect the top three player in the NBA. Where you rank them, that's a whole different discussion. Um, but lost a guy of that caliber, and they're, they're the two? Like, they're still right there. So why is no one talking about Toronto? If I – so you guys so – you guys, are you guys – you guys are still in college, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I asked your classmates who are the, who's the second seed in the East, how many of them – and just casual sports fans, how many of them would have guessed that they're the second seed? Probably not many of them. Yeah, not right. many of them. Probably say like Boston or Philly. Yeah, Boston. Yeah. Everyone would say Boston. Right. And so let me ask you guys something. Uh, last year, who did, did anyone talk about Toronto contending for the NBA championship or was that more Milwaukee and Philadelphia? It was more Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Yeah. So point being, this is going to be a chip on the shoulder for the Toronto Raptors. Because, listen, Kawhi was great last year. No denying that. Especially game three, game four, Kawhi was dropping buckets. But Fred Van Vliet played pretty well. Father Fred, you know, man. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Fred yeah. Van and let's not forget about Siakam. Yeah, Siakam has taken a huge step forward. He yep. has. He was. He was good. He was good. But let's not get carried away. Siakam wasn't. You know, all of a sudden, uh, the clear second best player in the playoffs. Oh no! I thought he had. A good, I yeah, thought he had a no. good first round against Orlando. Yeah. He did. Um. But there's so. But you know, and everyone wants to like. You know, anoint. Pascal Siakam is, you know, the torchbearer for the Raptors. What has he proven? Was he, was he great? Was Fred Van Vliet more valuable than him last year? Was Kyle Lowry more valuable than him last year in the playoffs? Was Marc Gasol more valuable? Was Serge Ibaka more valuable? Was Powell more valuable? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But, like, this is a whole new – I think of, like, when you lose your superstar, you're a whole new team. This is kind of a completely yeah. different team. And he's yep. forced into a much bigger role. So, I mean, like, seeing him in these playoffs is going to be a little different. Also, a big home court advantage is Toronto which they're going to miss yeah. out on greatly. Yep, yep. Um, great point. But Siak, seeing Siak, how he handles the bubble is going to be very interesting. I mean, seeing how everybody's going to handle the bubble is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Siakam, yeah. especially because he's forced into a bigger role now without Kawhi and seeing him on the other side of that bracket. So, yeah. 
And what he's done in the regular season, I mean, I'm, I usually discount the regular season for a lot of things in the NBA. Um, but, I mean, he's proven something this regular season, being, being able yeah. to take a role he's never really needed to play before and kind of take it pretty gracefully and keep them in a contending role. So, I mean, I think that has to count for something in a typical NBA season that kind of gets discounted. But last thing I want to get to um, before we go into a little bit about David here, but I want to talk a little bit more basketball, and that is the biggest threat to the Lakers' title chances in the West. A lot of people are ready to just call it a season, hand LeBron his throne in this crown, but I mean, but there's some teams out there who can really be a thorn in their side. Who are we thinking, David? In terms of who the thorn is and whose side? Um, who can keep the Lakers from coming out of the West? I got you. I got you. Uh, I had to do a double take on that because you said I think you said LA, so I was thinking I was thinking. Is it Clippers or Lakers? Who's the thorn in their side? The thorn in their side is LeBron James. Really? Mm-hmm. Because, right, because LeBron has disappeared so many, so many times he's disappeared. And he's been all-time great. Um, even as recently as 2018, he disappeared in overtime game one. Disappeared. Completely disappeared. If he plays close to LeBron, they win that game one. I don't care about the George Hill miss free throw and the J.R. Smith blunder, right? LeBron also has been known to uh, make it clear that it's not on him if they lose. And that's very that's clear true. with his body language. So the question is, who is LeBron going to be? Is he going to be that guy who we saw in 2016 where just game five, game six, game seven, he became the absolute undeniable best player? Because remember something. People thought Steph Curry had eclipsed LeBron James. I know it's crazy and sacrilegious to say that right now, but Steph was a unanimous NBA MVP, right? And so LeBron took that upon himself to prove everybody wrong. Whether you loved him, hated him, or indifferent, passive, whatever the case may be, LeBron, once and for all, proved he's still the best player on the planet. But we don't know what LeBron James we're going to get. Are we going to get the LeBron James in 2014 against the Spurs where he kind of just didn't play his best? Are we going to get the LeBron in 2015 where in game five, game six, he just got his tank on E and he was never the same? Are we going to get the LeBron in 2017 where he just allowed Kevin Durant to pull up and ultimately that shot won that series because there was no way the Cavs were going to get back and get the momentum in their favor? So it's what LeBron James shows up. You know what I mean, guys? When you're that great at something – like, did you got you guys saw the Last Dance? Yeah, oh my God, yes, yes. Yeah. You guys, you guys. I mean, y'all know this. You remember, remember the Michael Jordan laughing? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and yes. and it's like the glove is like I, I didn't give you know what to about Gary Payton. Gary Payton was yeah. not my problem. Problem was Michael Jordan didn't play two great games. It comes down to LeBron, who we're gonna get? We're gonna get the LeBron we saw last year, where he looked old, or are we gonna see the LeBron we saw this year, where he looks rejuvenated to say the least yeah I think LeBron um I think he's got a lot I think the the rest is going to benefit him greatly I think a lot of the older players it's going to benefit greatly but a lot of the problem is that he's on like you said he's on E toward the end of the finals um we don't really know how that's going to go this year like I think he'll have an, an easy four game set at the beginning of the playoffs but then you're getting right into some really good teams at four or five I guess it depends on where those teams fall but you you could they could be playing the Rockets in the second round and they're no yeah. joke. So yeah. we're going to have to see how he handles it. At first round, I don't think he's going to be a big deal. The playing games, I don't think are going to be that big of a deal either because they're pretty much yeah. set on that one seed. But um, I don't know how close he's going to get to E toward the end. We'll just have to see. Right. 
All right. Well, that wraps up the formal basketball discussions. Um, there was just a couple things. Like we always talk about sports. I wanted to really know like who we have on the pod. So I know like, a couple of the guys each had like a question wanted to run by David, if you don't mind, while you're still here. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, so I've been dying. I meant to ask you last time that Spence and I couldn't work it in, but had you gotten an invite to the bubble to cover the NBA, is that something you would have gone and done? hundred percent. One hundred percent. You know what's funny? I'm friends with Adam Silver on Facebook. Oh. <laughs> I could have just, that was crazy, right? I could have just reached out to him, but I don't think Sirius and CBS would have been too happy with me if I did that. And that seems like an awesome opportunity for Sirius and CBS. I mean, you could be like live from the bubble. That'd be awesome. You know what? Live from the bubble just sounds so cool. Yeah. Hey, right. That's a, that'd be a hell of a podcast. David Shepard live from the bubble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I mean, you guys would do it in a heartbeat, right? hundred oh, percent. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, that's one of those opportunities that's like hopefully never comes again. But right, something that those people in the bubble right now, those teams, that's something they're gonna never forget. Right, but you man. know, you, you know, Mike, the the problem with that we had. Do you guys know Howard Beck from Bleacher Report? Yes. Well, guys I like that, stuff, right? Like, well, you guys know Woj. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like. They have such a close – Stephen A. Smith, obviously, uh, Shams. Those guys have such powerful relationships with so many of the players, and they have such strong connections that it's going to hurt guys like that because they're not going to be able to interact with them the same way. You know, sure. they might as well just yeah. be sitting home with us, you know, uh, not to oversimplify, but they might as well just be sitting home with us, you know, getting it off, you know, Twitter on NBA.com because that's really the only access they're going to have. They're, they're not going to have that private – um, you know, one-on-ones, which a lot of great reporters have had in the past, and that's how stories um, and narratives become so exciting. Is because of the access that those top-notch reporters get. So, Good point. All right. Anthony, I know you had one. Yeah, um, I just want to know, like, how did you get your start in sports media? Like, what was like your first job in like this type of business? I interned for Scott Farrell at SiriusXM, and it took me six months just to get that internship. I was applying, 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 uh, points I didn't hear back. Um, and then I just reached out to anybody and everybody I knew, um, at the company that I wanted to apply for. And just the rest is history. Just, um, you know, there's a lot of, and I don't tell you guys, this is a very tough, very competitive industry. Um, and you guys are not asking me this, but I'll say it anyway. If there's one piece of advice I could, I could give you for is stay together and network the hell out of one another. You know, because, you know, Brandon's going to know somebody, you know, that you guys may not know. And you guys got to, if you're tweeting, retweet each other. Like, you know, there's all kinds of things that are, um, you know, so important. You know, and, and it's, it's little things, guys. Like, like when someone posts on Twitter and there's no likes and it's a small thing. But, like, people, people notice that. You know what I'm saying? Like, when people put things on Twitter and there's a reaction to that, people take note of that, too. And a lot of times, just people looking out for one another, like having a conversation, being like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to tweet this out. Like, just be on, be on the lookout for it. You don't have to retweet it, but if you like it, retweet it. And then the same conversation is happening with that person in regards to their tweet. So if you guys aren't doing that, there's another pairing of four at another school that is doing that. And the industry is hard enough. Awesome. All right. The words of advice. Joe, you have mm -hmm. one? Yeah, I'm going to go back to basketball a little bit. Um, sure. 
I saw your uh, video clip about uh, what you thought of Tibbs. Uh, if you want to elaborate on that a little bit for our listeners. Oh, I'm going to ask you all right now. You guys are following my YouTube channel? Yeah, yes. I was checking that a little bit earlier. Oh my God. Yeah. All right, guys. Appreciate you. If you're not, man, I'm very disappointed. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just plugging my YouTube channel. What, what was your question, Joseph? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> Yeah, hey, man. Hey, man. You got to be like Don King in this business. You got to be a self-promoter. <laughs> you got to be. Listen, man, you there is no such thing as too aggressive. There is no such thing as too aggressive, man. Speaking of aggressive, this is my transition. Tibbs is an aggressive coach. He holds people accountable. He's a great hire because if you look at his win percentage for when he was with the Bulls, he goes away. They get a lot worse. He goes to the Timberwolves. They make the playoffs for the first time in 15 years. He goes away. They won less than 30 percent of their games this season. He's a great hire for the Knicks. He's great. Now, the question is, is management going to be patient with him? Because we've seen since Jeff Van Gundy, they have not given a coach four full seasons yet. We're talking about Larry Brown, Mike D'Antoni, Mike Woodson, right? Some really good coaches that they have let go way too soon. And D'Antoni obviously resigned, and Lenny Wilkins resigned, but I don't know if the Knicks fought hard enough to retain them either. Yeah. Um, just like quick follow-up, do you think like that little riff that he had with the Bulls organization – if he was having a riff with the Bulls Why organization. Why is there a follow-up? That, that answer was pretty good. Yeah, no, no, I know. <laughs> like, one thing you didn't touch on was like, that. yeah, you, well, you did touch on it, but do you think like the little riff might cause more with the Knicks manage, might cause a little more problem with the Knicks manager? Because no, Dolan's not going to sell. Like, it's just not going to happen. So, like. Well, I mean, Tibbs is who he is, right? Like, he didn't, he left Chicago, like you're right, Joseph, because there was a riff with Paxson and Reinsdorf. Um, we saw that with, you know, uh, Bulls management and, and there was a, a riff with, with Glenn Taylor. Um, so there are, he does have a history of that. And obviously James Dolan is going to be James Dolan. He owns the team and James Dolan is going to be who he is. He's not going to change his, you know, stripes at 60 something years old. So to me, man, Phil Ripton, man, like New York, the NBA needs New York to be good. They oh, need yeah, New York to yeah, be good. Yeah. And it's been such a bad look. Guys, we're talking about 20 years. They have won one playoff series oh, in 20 years. Now, Mike's yeah. a New York sports fan. Anthony, you don't have a team. That's okay. Uh, 20 <laughs> no, it's not. It's fine. That's, that's why I don't look for the Knicks. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so so when they win, you can't take, you can't take any no, allegiance. No, any yeah, we're not taking to. you on, Anthony. No, no, I, I agree. I don't want to. R.J. Barrett's MVP in three years. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> this is coming from a Philly guy. I see, the, I see the poster behind you. You're a Knicks fan too, Joseph? Yeah, yeah. No, it's St. Joe's. It's where I go to school. I, I understand that. But you're a Knicks fan too? Yeah, yeah. And you went to St. Joseph's? I'm at St. Joe's. I'm from North Jersey. Okay. All right. Yeah. But you didn't, you didn't, you didn't adopt the Sixers? No, I, I despise all these teams. I tried, like, I, I was like, when I came here, I was like, I'll pick up a team. I'll look to, like, the MLS. I'm like, I can't even root anything Philly. Like, it just doesn't work. He's also I a Cowboys you. fan, which is part of yeah. the problem. Oh, my God. He's, yeah. he's from Jersey. He goes to school in Philly, and he's oh, a yeah. Cowboys fan. <laughs> well, I mean, all my teams are from when I'm a little kid. The Philly thing really doesn't play much of a part, man. But why the Cowboys? Oh, my dad was a huge front runner. <laughs> okay okay i can't so deny he, that like so I was can't. he was he a landry was he a landry fan was he around for that he was like really young for that okay, okay. then like it moved on to like uh, it was more in the 90s he started watching football and then when he starts when he started watching football in the 90s it's dallas it's cowboys 
Yeah, I mean, they, they were the team. I mean, yeah. they don't fire Jimmy Johnson. I think they, they roll off four or five Super Bowls. Mm, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> right, we got to get to Mike, and then we got four Do minutes we- according to Zoom. But, Mike, fire away, bud. All right, I'll just – I'll change my question up and make it real quick. So, the Nets now, like, looking for a coach. Like, obviously, we know the bubble Nets, everything. In four years from now – or well, – I'll say four years. In four years from now, where do you see the Nets? Do you see them with – with a ring like what do you see like who's the coach like do you see a success story or do you see a like a good good shot bust that's a that's a that's a good that's a good question because um Kyrie is such a question mark he's he's the biggest enigma we have in the NBA he really is um to to walk this isn't going to answer your question directly but uh, I'm going to very very quick Kyrie walks away from LeBron James no one's ever done that before, right? No one of that caliber has done that before. He says he's going to be in Boston. Virtually guarantees it. Less than six months later, he's in Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, so to answer your question, um, I don't see it going well because Kyrie has never won by himself. And then the question is, and the point you're going to make is, well, they have Kevin Durant, but we don't know what Kevin Durant we're getting. And Kevin Durant's an enigma. Like, no, nobody saw him going from the Thunder to the Warriors. And I don't think anyone saw him going to Brooklyn. Now, here's the question I have for you guys. And I'm not trying to patronize you for because you guys know the NBA. This is a question I have for you. The common thought is why not hire Mark Jackson? He's a New York City guy. Played at St. John's. We know that. I'm an NBA guy. So I've heard things. And I'll just leave it at that. But I can't for the life of me explain why this guy has not had a coaching opportunity in six years. And we've seen guys like Jack Vaughn and, yep. and you get the point. I'm not going to like, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. put down yeah, coaches, yeah. but coaches a lot, a lot more, no, no disrespect to Jack Vaughn. He's a great guy, but you, you get the point. Coaches yeah. who have had a lot less success get multiple opportunities. Explain that to me. I think one possible thing, this isn't confirmed. It's just my hunch. The NBA has become more analytical driven and maybe he's like an old school throwback coach where like he doesn't look at analytics and he goes with his gut type of thing where so like some GMs and some front offices are really heavy on analytics and they want their coaching staff to look at analytics that way. And maybe some GMs think like he's just too old school and he's just not with like the new generation of coaching. Maybe that's, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, it, uh, maybe that ESPN job is really cushy, man. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 Joseph. He's made it. He's made it clear he wants to coach. Okay. No, this guy, like, 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 for like Jeff Van Gundy, has made it clear he wants to coach. John John Gruden had the best job in sports, and elected to go back to coaching. Yeah. Those guys want to yeah. coach, man. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Well, we're running right up to the buzzer. We could talk about this for, I know, another probably full podcast at this point, so I even hate to cut it off. But, Jeff, I mean, David, what the hell? They, you were thinking of Van Gundy. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy, thank you for helping. <laughs> God, that'd be awesome. No, David, seriously, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, this is I love talking basketball to you guys. I know we all do, too. Um, just thank you so much for coming on. Bringing all this energy at 11 o'clock at night. Like, I'm falling asleep, and, like, you got me here ready to go, like, read six books about basketball. So, like, thank you so much for this, man. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you, I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Great being on with you guys. My pleasure. Honestly, man, I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Well, this concludes the latest episode of The Sports Found with special guest David Shepard at The Good Shepard. Find them on YouTube as YouTube content is off the charts. 
also a man of Sirius XM Sports Radio and CBS Sports Radio. David, thank you again. Boys, we'll be back next week uh, with another exciting episode. Signing off. Peace, guys. Peace. See you guys later. Peace. Later.